0: The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today, I stand to be corrected, but I don't think we've ever had a cellist before on the Culture Club. But Kate Ellis is joining us today. She's going to be performing at the Kilkenny Arts Festival with Martin Hayes, who has done the Culture Club previously. They're going to be together on the 14th of August at the Watergate Theatre. And she's also performing as part of the Crush Ensemble, which is resident at the festival and which will perform a number of concerts, including one on the 18th with Andrew Hamilton to perform his new work, Friendly Peace. Kate, thank you very much for joining us.
1: Thank you very much for having me. Now, when yourself and
0: Martin Hayes get together, what sort of music do you play?
1: (laughs) That's a very good question. Usually it's sort of a meet on the day and see what happens sort of affair. (laughs) Martin obviously has hundreds of thousands of uh, tunes in his repertoire. So we sort of sift through those tunes, find, you know, ones that sort of fit together in a beautiful way. And then essentially, we just sort of go out and play them and see what happens, which is incredibly nerve-wracking but also very exciting
0: but <laughs> well, hang on are you playing off sheet music or are you playing by ear following what he's doing on the fiddle
1: just purely by ear there's there's no sheet music involved it's purely a sort of what key is that in okay great okay wh- what key is the next tune in okay great and then the, sort of a map is made and then the map is followed and it's sorta of, it's a it's sort of a, a lovely journey a musical journey to go on. <laughs> um, can you
0: just actually explain to me what the cello is and how it sounds for those of us who are not as familiar with the more serious instruments as perhaps we should be?
1: Sure. So the cello is the big violin, essentially. And it's been likened to the human voice. I think it's the closest sort of in terms of the range, it's the closest to the human voice. So that is a cello.
0: I never heard it described like that. Explain that a little (laughs) bit further. How can it be close to the human voice?
1: I think the thing about the cello is it goes quite low, but it also can have the capacity to play extremely high. So I think that sort of encompasses the range of human human voices that we, we come across. So I think that's where that comes from.
0: How did you get into playing the cello? Why was it your instrument of choice?
1: Um, According to my mum, I'm not sure, but according to my mum, I heard um, someone playing the cello on the radio when I was quite young. And I kind of made that decision that that was the instrument that I wanted to play. I'm not sure if that's actually (laughs) the sequence of events, but it's a nice story anyway. But I found, um, well, my parents found me a teacher here locally and I kind of had a lesson with her one Sunday afternoon, I think it was, and that was kind of it. I was hooked, actually. Totally, utterly hooked to the And what type cello. of musical
0: uh, types does it bring you into? I suppose we might associate it with classical music, but you've just told us you're going to be playing with Martin Hayes, who'll be on the fiddle. So what sort of type, genres of music can you use the cello in?
1: Oh, many, many different genres of music. So obviously it's... Um, associated with an orchestra part of the string section of an orchestra it can be used in small kind of classical chamber music groups then also a lot of singer songwriters use the cello again I think it's that reference to the the human voice it sort of accompanies the human voice very well a lot of uh, traditional music groups use the cello and um, a lot of You know, there's a lot of strings in electronic music, which would also feature the cello. So, yeah, it's a a very versatile instrument.
0: Okay, now that brings me to the question we put to every person who joins the Culture Club, the first single you ever bought. You don't have a precise memory of one as such. So what do you remember from your very early days that got you into music?
1: Yeah, I really don't remember what the first single was that I bought. But my earliest memories of music, I think, were I used to travel a lot in my dad's car. I used to, He used to travel for work and I used to travel with him. And he had a tape player in the car. And I remember there was a lot of music that I got to listen to in the car. He would tape... Episode, he was really into jazz music. He was into Django Reinhardt. He was into Stefan Grappelli, Ella, Gerald. Fitzgerald. He would have sort of bootleg tape, mixtapes from people that, you know, friends of his, um, with very different, differing tastes and classical in, there was the chieftains in there, I remember? And there was a lot of taped episodes of jazz record <laughs> requests and Desert Island Discs and a lot of radio shows, actually. Well, so then, that that's sort of my early, early memories. So
0: what we'll do is we'll pull out from that list. You mentioned Ella Fitzgerald. So let's hear Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong at summertime. So- Time from George Gershwin's 1935 Opera, Porgy and Bess. Now, we ask all our guests, Kate Ellis, to go through their favourite albums and band and musician and gig they were at and the rest of it. You sort of put it together for us as a compendium. So let's talk through it, starting with your love of Glenn Gould playing Bach. (laughs)
1: that sort of um, relates actually to the first single I it definitely wasn't the first single I bought but it was definitely one of the CDs that was sort of lying around at home that I would have remembered as a kid and yeah I often when I'm sort of not when I'm lost for for new music but I I would often return to Glenn Gould. I think he has such a beautiful beautiful way of playing Bach and Bach is something I think I could listen to forever. And then you mention a
0: Pakistani musician, which I, I suspect most of us are not familiar with, Nusrat Fatah Ali Khan. Explain that, please. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan, um, uh, absolutely amazing musician, sort of a, I, I'd say, would go into the world music category. Um it's a different sound world than I would have been used to. I think I came across that music when I was a teenager, and I think it was something totally different from the sounds that I was used to. And that sort of that that the, the sort of rhythmical element of it, the kind of repetitive, almost kind of trance-like rhythmic element of it. Uh, yeah, I go back to that quite often.
0: Well, we have a remix by Massive Attack. Of ah, must must. Brilliant. That's definitely different to anything we've had on the Culture Club previously. Massive attack <laughs> remix of Nusrat Fatah Ali Khan's Must Must. You're also a big fan of somebody who does quite a lot of work with Bono and you two, Jackknife Lee.
1: Yeah, so I had the very, very uh, immense honour of working with Jackknife. Um, I hadn't really come across his work before. Jackknife Lee, Garrett Lee, he is from Dublin but he lives in LA and he's a, he's an amazing producer and through working with him, I got to um, sort of get dive into his world, I suppose. And I've been listening recently to a lot of his work with um, the American singer or artist Lonnie Holly. He released a, an album with Lonnie Holly, uh, "Omi oh Me Oh My. And it's, it's an absolutely brilliant album. He's also doing a, a new kind of collaboration with two drummers, actually, one from The Cure and one from Susie and the Banshees, and um, that's an album that's coming out later in the year. But they have also just released a single, Los Angeles, which is also very brilliant. So yeah, a lot of a lot of Jack Knife's work uh, would be. I've been listening to a lot recently. (laughs) I
0: mentioned U2, so let's hear a little of Jack Knife Lee's remix of U2's Bullet the Blue Sky. you make of that Kate
1: (laughs) it's great I've actually heard that before yeah Jack Knife's an amazing uh, he's an amazing musical brain and he's a yeah he's a a great guy very much worth checking out his work tell us about the ExoTech
0: Collective because you seem to like the idea of people coming together and doing new things with established music
1: yeah it's very tricky to sort of um, pick favorite Band or favourite musician. It, for me, it's really about sort of a body of work or sort of the evolution of a musician or their collaboration. So, Ex, tech Collective it was founded by an Australian vocalist, Sophia Brew, and Kimbra, who was the, I can't remember the name of her single, but she's a, a pop singer from New Zealand. And they sort of put together a group of uh, musicians, primarily based in New York, and they get together and they play shows. They don't rehearse; they just stand up in front of an audience and play. Which, again, is that sort of you know living on a t- on a tightrope. But the the results I've I've been to see them play, and it's a, such an amazing experience to see this sort of sound world created in front of your eyes, in front of an audience. It's it's really exciting to watch it all happen.
0: And then back at home, how did you get involved in working with Martin Hayes?
1: Um, I think actually it was through Miholo O'Sullivan. I think uh, Mihol had asked me to come and play on a radio show. I'm just trying to remember on a radio show. I think it was on a radio show. And in the seat next to me was Martin who said, shall we play something? And I said, absolutely. I have been a fan of Martin's work for a very, very long time. So asking to, <laughs> him asking me to play with him was uh, something definitely not to say no to. And then after the show, which went very well, thankfully, um, he asked me to join him and Dennis uh, Cattle, in a residency at the Irish Art Centre. it sort of all evolved from there. That was a good few years ago now.
0: Well, the bit of music we have is Martin Hayes and Dennis Cahill together. And this is from the album The Lonesome Touch. This is My Love Is In America. and Dennis Cahill there Kate you've played in so many concerts yourself over the years but the best concert or gig that you were at can you nominate a couple for us?
1: Sure Um, so I actually for the first time in many 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 years went to see an opera (laughs) back in May I went to see Don Giovanni which is a Mozart opera and honestly I was totally blown away I haven't really been to a concert of sort of that length. It's a very long opera. I think it's about four hours long. And it was such an amazing experience to have the opera singers on stage, to have the chorus, to have the full orchestra. It was such an amazing experience um, to go and see that. And then also very, very recently, two, two weeks ago, I think, I was at the Music Town Festival, which happened at the Complex in Dublin, and I got to see a set by Junior Brother, which I was totally blown away by. He has such an amazing voice, and he had a full band with him, and yeah, it was a pretty spectacular
0: we don't have that particular one, but we do have Junior Brother playing at Wintrop Avenue in Cork back in 2019. And uh, this is No Country for Young Men. that's Junior Brother that's all the time we have for music in Kate Alice's Culture Club but we're going to get to movies and television and books and plays and her buried treasure when we come back after this break Welcome back. It's Kate Ellis with us for the Culture Club. Kate, who is going to be performing at the Kilkenny Arts Festival uh, with Martin Hayes on the 14th of August and then as part of the Crush Ensemble as well. So let's move on to non-musical things. Let's start with movies, Kate. Uh, you've given us a movie I'm certainly not familiar with.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so my, it's such a tricky thing to pick a, a favourite movie currently um, as it's the summer holidays, um, I'm watching a lot of kids films. <laughs> so at the moment, actually my favorite movie is a movie called The Room on the Broom, And it's based on the children's story by Julia Donaldson. And the illustrator is Axel Schaefer. Um, it's a really, really beautiful story and it 's about a a lovely story about a witch who befriends a variety of creatures. They all jump on her broomstick, which gets a little bit crammed and she loses her wand. All the time, she's being chased by a dragon who's looking to have a witch with his chips for his tea.
0: (laughs) Okay, now I remember it as a book. I've never seen it. I remember reading it to my children regularly before they went to The Gruffalo, which is probably her most famous book. But I didn't realise it had been turned into a movie. Let's hear a clip from it. Then she filled up her cauldron and said with a grin...
2: Find something. Everyone... Throw something in!
0: So the frog found a lily, the cat found a cone, the bird found a twig, and the dog found a bone. stirred them well, and while she was stirring, she muttered a spell. Iggity, ziggity, zackity, zoom! Then out rose a truly magnificent broom. With seats for the witch and the cat and the dog, a nest for the bird. And a shower for the frog. Yes! Cried the witch. And they all clambered on. Kate, I have to say, and this is no criticism, you're giving us loads of choices we've never had from any of our other guests (laughs) on The Culture Club, (laughs) and that's good. good. Tell (laughs) us about a favourite play or theatre show or musical that you remember.
1: So I suppose it would have to be the most recent show. I don't really get to see the theatre or to go to the theatre much, but I had, in May, I went to see a one-woman show called Prima Facci. I think that's how you say it. I hope that's how you say it. Um, Performed by Jodie Comer. Um, It was an absolute, she's an absolute force of nature. She is on stage for 90 minutes totally alone no other actors she has very little props and very sort of there's sort of no break for her for the 90 minutes and she drew me in with a within about a minute of listening to her um starting to tell this very uh, her harrowing story actually but um, yeah, it was it was a really amazing, amazing thing to see. We
0: have a short clip from, from the National Theatre. She plays Tessa, a young barrister from a working class background. So let's just hear a short clip.
2: All rise out of the stalls, hold back, push forward. Know when to have restraint, when to find an opening. The prosecution finishes, then it's time. The judge looks at me. It's your witness, Miss Ensler, yes. The witness is mine. Then bang! I fire four questions like bullets. Bang, 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 face shook!
0: There we are, Jodie Comber, probably better known to people from the TV show Killing Eve. Which brings us to television. First of all, what did you watch as a child and teenager?
1: Oh, so I was a little bit sheltered when I was a child. We didn't really do a lot of um, watching of TV. but You were practicing the,
0: your channel all the time, were
1: you? Oh, no, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> but when it did creep in, um, I sort of got into a lot of sci-fi, which has actually stuck. So I would have watched a lot of Star Trek, actually, which I still love. I really do. And um, recently that theme has sort of carried on. Severance um, is something I loved over the last few years and Raised by Wolves as well, which has an amazing score, actually, by Ben Frost. Well, let's
0: hear a clip from Severance, which is very much an acclaimed TV show. And this is where the outside version of Lumen employee Hallie, played by Britt Lower, tells her inside self to stop complaining because she's not real.
3: I watched your video asking that I resign. I also received and responded to your previous request. I assume that would resolve the issue, but now Miss Cobell says you threatened to cut off your fingers. I understand that you're unhappy with the life that you've been given, but you know what? Eventually we all have to accept reality, so, Here it is. I am a person. You are not. I make the decisions. You do not. And if you ever do anything to my fingers, know that I will keep you alive long enough to horribly regret that. Your resignation request is denied
0: turn it off. Kate, for those who are not familiar with severance, explain that please.
1: (laughs) So it's it's about a man who is played by Adam Scott Uh, who works in a biotech company (laughs) where the workers of the company have their memory erased when they're entering and when they're leaving work so they become Two entirely separate people with dual lives. One one is the person who has the sort of home life, and then the other person who has the um, work life. Yeah, that's that's severance.
0: <laughs> that's a work-life balance and a half for you. Okay, <laughs> sure is. A couple of things to finish up: favorite books and authors.
1: Again, it's the summer holidays, so I haven't really been reading a lot of my own books. There's been a lot of books that I have been reading by the illustrator and writer Dick Bruner. So uh, he wrote the Miffy stories, which are a current favorite in the house at the moment. They're such beautiful, simple stories, uh, kid stories um, with the drawings, actually, are the, the thing that sort of pulled the books out of the bookcase. They're, Really simple, they're sort of a graphic style with really minimalist colours, primary colours mostly actually, and um, very lovely stories that end, that always have a very, very happy ending.
0: Okay, now we ask all of our guests on the Culture Club to give us a cultural buried treasure Something maybe from a movie, a song, an author, a poem, a book, anything that they feel has been overlooked. And you have given us something completely different that nobody else has definitely ever come up with. And it is... (laughs) Jigsaw puzzles! Okay, explain to me why you regard those as a cultural very treasure.
1: (laughs) I love jigsaw puzzles and I think... You know, ha- I have conversations with people sometimes and they ask me, why do you like just jigs- jigsaw puzzles? They, people just do not understand. And then that same person, I offer them a jigsaw puzzle that I've finished and that same person may then go away, have a lovely time with the jigsaw puzzle and come back a few months later and say, okay, now I understand. <laughs> it's
0: very- so what is it? Is it a mindfulness thing that it relaxes you or takes you away from other things?
1: Absolutely. It is definitely a mindfulness thing. It's also, it's away from a screen. Um, It's something you can do totally by yourself or you can, you know, other people can sort of chip in and yeah, it's something, yeah, it's something that, um, it's very healthy. I would
0: have thought (laughs) playing your music would have done that for you.
1: It does in some ways, but this sort of has a different function. Jigsaw puzzles have a Have a different sort of mindset, different brain working, I suppose.
0: Okay, we're going to have to leave it there. Kate Ellis, thank you very much for joining us for the Culture Club. And as I said, Kate will be performing at the Kilkenny Arts Festival along with Martin Hayes on the 14th and also as part of the Crush Ensemble, which is resident at the festival and will perform at a number of its concerts. You can get details at info at kilkennyarts.ie. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30.
2: Today